Hello, I'm Dwayne McCreary. I'm the team leader for the Adult Explore the Bible team. Today, I'm being joined by Mike Livingston, who's the content editor on the Explore the Bible team. Mike, thank you for joining us today. It is my pleasure, thanks. Uh, we're looking at session five, which is, is an examination of Numbers chapter 22, verses 22 through 35. J just to give you some, some background, some context, one of the items in the resource pack, uh, the leader pack, is pack item nine, which is entitled Adversaries Along the Journey. And it lists the Amalekites, the Amorites, the Edomites, the Midianites, and the Moabites, and gives you information about each one of those groups. For this particular lesson, you would want to focus on that fifth group, the Moabites. It tells you a little bit about um, their, uh, where they came from, where they were based, but the main focus in that <clears throat> would be Balak, the king of Moab, because he sends for Balaam, the prophet, to pronounce a curse on the Israelites. Uh, Balaam, however, he, he spoke no curse, and Balak, Balak was denied a military victory over Israel. And it tells you more about what happens to the Moabites after that point. One of the most notable Moabites that we would think of would be Ruth. Uh, she was from that particular um, a group of people. But in this session, we're looking at Numbers 22. In verses 22 through 27, we see Balaam, he agrees to Balak's request, but God's not pleased with him. Uh, three times, an angel appeared to ba Balaam's donkey, causing the donkey to veer off the path, pressing herself against a narrow cliff wall and crouching down on the ground. Balaam became increasingly upset with the animal, using a stick to try to motivate the donkey to continue. God was providing boundaries here that was trying to keep Balaam within his will. God then, in verses 28 through 30, enabled the donkey to talk uh, after this third encounter. The donkey questioned Balaam, asked him why he beat her and if she had done anything that like this before. Balaam simply expressed his frustration with the animal and indicated that she had never acted like this before. You know, God can communicate through us however he wants to, and this is a demonstration of that. Verses 31 through 35, the Lord enabled Balaam to see the angel who confronted him. Balaam bowed in holy fear and acknowledged his sin. The angel directs Balaam to continue, but reminded him that the only message he was delivered to, to deliver to Balak was the message delivered to Balaam by God. See, as humble servants, um, his people must carefully present God's clear message to others regardless of the cost. So you have this, this incident, this, this event that takes place, and you see the role of angels, God's permissive will, miracles, those kind of things. Mike, the first question that, that I would see coming up here is, is God allowed Balaam to go, yet he was not pleased. That seems kind of contradictory. How would we address that with our group? It seems contradictory. That's, that's It does. Uh, first is uh, I would affirm that God does not contradict himself. God never contradicts himself. So the apparent contradiction that we have to explain and deal with is why in Numbers 22, 22 verse 20, God says, get up and go, only do what I tell you. And then Two verses later, God is incensed that Balaam was going. Get up and go. Then God is angry that he gets up and, and he goes. So, you know, how do we deal with that? One possible explanation is that Balaam said something along the way that God didn't authorize him to say. 
and therefore he had disobeyed God's command to do only what the Lord told him. And that is, that's a, uh, that is clearly a, a one possible ex, uh, explanation of this. But let's think about it a little bit uh, further, though. Uh, how did God manifest or show his displeasure with Balaam? He did it by the angel's threefold appearance along the path. Three times the angel appeared. Three times the angel blocked Balaam's way. Now, in, in the leader guide commentary, uh, our writer Dwayne Garrett does a really good job uh, with this in, in explaining that uh, when something happens three times in the Bible, it's usually to drive home a lesson. It's usually, it's usually to emphasize uh, a lesson, a truth, a point. And there's all, he, he points to some examples of this. Elijah stretching out three times in prayer over the dead boy. Daniel bowing three times daily to pray. Peter denying he knew Jesus three times. Jesus after the resurrection asking Peter three times if he loved him. There, all these things happen in threes. So it's likely that because this, this happened, in, happened three times, this, this angel appearing happened three times. So there's, there's probably a lesson in there um, that God is trying to teach Balaam. A there, lesson. There's a lot of biblical evidence about why three is important. Yeah, there, there is. And that's, just a, that's an, interesting, uh, just an interesting thing to, to think about and explore. But, but if you look back in this passage, if you look, you look back before those three episodes with the angel and the donkey, uh, in verse 20, where God, God said to Balaam, you can go, but God's words were, but you must only do what I tell you. You must only do what I tell you. And then down in verse 35, which is after those three appearances by the angel, God repeated that command uh, in a little different way. He said, but you are to say only what I tell you. So the command to do and say only what God told him are bookends to this account. It happened before the, the angel appeared three times. It happened after the angel appeared. And I, so I think there's the key to understanding uh, this whole passage. This, this, the entire incident of the angel blocking Balaam's path three times served the purpose of reminding Balaam that God is in control of this situation. And this, this prophet needed to be very careful that he carry out this task exactly according to God's plans. Say only what I tell you. In other words, Balaam, you need to stick to the script that I give you. And Balaam got the message in verse 38. Balaam said, I must speak only the message God puts in my mouth. So God's setting boundaries for him here. Yeah. Um, what are some examples of boundaries God places in our lives today? Yeah, you know, God, God does put boundaries in our lives to keep us in His will. God's boundaries are to protect us, and, and they're just indications of His love for us. You think about boundaries in our lives, how, how you know, loving parents set boundaries for their children. If you love your children, you set boundaries for them because you love them. In a marriage relationship, you know, marriage can thrive only when the boundaries that God established for marriage are honored. So the boundary prohibiting adultery, the boundary of marital faithfulness. And so there's one example of a boundary right there. Now, our, our human problem started in, in, in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve did not respect the boundaries, boundary that God established. And that's, that's been our problem uh, all along. 
So you've got all these, yeah, you do have these examples, you know, throughout Scripture of God's boundaries that He has established to protect us and boundaries for our good. The Ten Commandments, you know, would be one example. You know, do not have any other gods besides me. That's a boundary. Our, uh, in the New Testament, this is God's will. It says in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is God's will, your sanctification. Keep away from sexual immorality. There's, there's a boundary. Uh, so there are, there are these uh, numerous examples of boundaries in the Scripture, and they're always for our good and for our protection. This, there's a potential rabbit in this lesson, which is the talking of a donkey. Um, how do we understand this? Do animals talk? Is this a one-time thing? I, mean, you, I can see um, this, this taking a, a group down a path that just takes away from the rest of the lesson. Uh-huh, and the surprising thing to me is, is uh, not, not necessarily that the donkey talked, because we know God can do anything. Uh, if God wants to talk through a donkey, we know he can do that. More surprising maybe for some of us is that Balaam apparently wasn't surprised when his donkey started talking <laughs> to him. Uh, Balaam just carries on a conversation with his donkey like, like talking to animals was an everyday occurrence for him that leads some to uh, the assumption that, well, maybe Balaam, for, for Balaam, maybe it wasn't the first time he had conversed with animals, and that's just, that's just pure conjecture. I suppose it's not impossible that Balaam thought he talked with animals in his involvement in the spirit realm. And you, you think about Balaam. I mean, Balaam was a puzzling figure. Um, even though he he obeyed a command from God here in Numbers 22, you, you look at other passages. Talk about Balaam, Joshua 13:22. He calls him a diviner or a magician. And so maybe Balaam believed he could talk to animals. I, we, we don't know. I mean, it's, that's all speculation. But what we can say with certainty, that on this occasion, when Balaam carried on a conversation with a donkey, it was clearly God who enabled that donkey to speak. It was clearly. a supernatural act. Clearly, it was. And it was God's way of getting Balaam's attention. And, and, and I think one of the, the study guide writer, I think, pointed out that if, you know, if God has to get your attention through a, a talking donkey, you've probably reached a low point in your spiritual life. <laughs> but there are, there are a couple of affirmations you know, that I would make here in teaching this passage. One, yeah, God can communicate to humans in any way he chooses to do so. If he wants to talk through a donkey, he can do that. But the second is that the primary way God speaks to us today is through his word, through scripture. So God can speak in, in anything, in any way, but he's consistent in any time he speaks to us. He never contradicts his written word. So we have to filter everything we perceive as a message from God through Scripture, through his written word. How can we better position ourselves to hear from God in light of what you just said? Yeah, if you want to hear from God, I think the first thing, uh, to me, three things. The first thing is we need to turn down the volume of, of the world's noise. I think God is speaking to us. But I think we may not hear him often because of all the competing noises in our lives. And whatever that competing noise is, you know, whether it's social media, whether it's television, whatever it is, to hear God's voice, we just need to eliminate the distracting voices, the distracting noises, and turn down the world's volume so that we can hear him. And the second thing is if you want to hear God speak, open your Bible and read it. God's, God has spoken. He has spoken through his word. It's right there. And he continues to speak through his word. So if you want to hear God speak, Open your Bible. If you want to put yourself in a position to hear from God, 
read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak audibly, read your Bible out loud, as someone has said. So God has already spoken. Open up your Bible and see what he has to say. And the third thing is if you want to hear God speak, be willing to do what he says. Be willing to do or obey, uh, to obey uh, what he has already said. So turn down the world's noise, open up your Bible, and be willing to obey what it tells us. Okay, so let me word it another way. Just remove the distractions. Um, re- read, the, read the Bible. And in today's world, there's really no excuse because you can get it for free on all kinds of apps and then act on what you read. That's it, yeah. And if you do that, you're placing yourself in a position to hear from God on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, any other things you would want to share about this particular lesson, Mike? No, it's just, you know, this is, uh, this is a great lesson to teach. Um, and just a reminder uh, here that as, as teachers, as servants, messengers of God, it's His message we speak. You know, that, that was the, the message to, to Balaam. It's, it's His message we speak, and speaking His message is a privilege. And we need to speak His message without compromise. Well, this will be our last lesson uh, for 2019, um, even though it's not our last lesson in Numbers. We'll be looking at uh, another session out of Numbers next week when we look at Numbers 27. We trust that you have had a great year and that God will continue to bless and strengthen you in this coming year of 2020. 